Hi, this is Diane Carbo. We're with Caregiver Relief. And today I have Alicia Martel, end of life specialist, deaf doula, and caregiver coach. Alisa, I'm so excited to have you here today. Uh, the topic we're going to speak about is very difficult. For our listeners out there, Alisa is still working as a family caregiver, and she's been a caregiver for 14 years and has her dad at home with a very slow-progressing form of dementia. She is having some challenges that we thought we would share with uh, our listeners. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about dementia, grief, and the loss of a loved one. So, Lisa, share with us what's going on in your situation. Late last week, we found out that a family member had passed away on the other's side, who was also passed. This would have been actually my father's goddaughter. This is a woman that my cousin that I was actually very close to. So I'm grieving. I'm hurting. I'm dealing. And after I got that message that I woke up to, I had to figure out a way to tell my dad. The problem with telling, delivering bad news to anybody is never comfortable. It's never fun. It's never good. The problem with telling a patient with dementia is you tell it over and over again for a period of time, and then it's never spoken up again. When I woke that up, we went through our morning routine, and then I had to sit him down and tell him, had some bad news to tell him. So I told him that his goddaughter died, and his first words were, over Doris, her mother, and Doris was not his, her mother's name. And then he got the flatter wrong, too. And I was like, oh, man. Oh, man. So we went through the family lineage. And we did this for approximately three hours. In between, I tried to distract. I tried to, the word is failing me now, but distract is close enough. It is my mother thing. I tried to just read the ripple. Yeah, it's very challenging because you're giving him emotional news uh, and you you don't know where he is as far as his dementia, uh, as far as his emotional memory. That's really hard to deal with because people that do not have dementia have the ability to deal with the emotions rationally, logically, and, and reasonably, whereas those with dementia don't have that ability and but one of the things that could happen is they're going to have a catastrophic reaction or they're going to have something less than we would expect. And that's what you're experiencing is you didn't understand who she was, where she was, in the, the, and who she was related to. So it's a challenge in the disease process because you just don't know where they are. And each family member is different. So you have to approach loss and grief with a greater awareness based on their emotional memory and response. I think you did a really good job in the sense that you kept it honest, but you kept it simple. And I answered his questions. He asked some more, more in, you know, in-depth questions, and I, I answered them. And I, I did it for three hours. I did it whenever he asked. Because it was the first day. And if he came, came back today, I would answer him because that means he remembered. At the same time, I, I have no support system 
than my father. Yeah, I realize I'm 42, but I still sometimes crave my father. I'm, I'm, I'm 68. My mom died 50 years ago, and I still miss her and crave her support. So I understand that totally. I don't think we ever get over that. And especially when we're feeling so vulnerable and alone at, at a time that's very challenging. And grieving, it is, we're already grieving the loss of our family member we're caring for, the, the person with dementia, because we're losing them slowly or rapidly, depending on any given day. So you always have what they call anticipatory grief where you just don't know what things are going to do from day to day. But the person with dementia, their reason or part of their brain is broken and their short-term memory is gone. So you have many issues to deal with as well. So one of the things you have to do is you want to provide them with comfort and solace, but you also have to meet your own needs as well, which is really hard. And sometimes you just need to hug them and hold their hand or comfort them through a physical touch and then acknowledge their sadness and, and let them know that you're sad too. I think that helps you as well. I don't know if his long-term memory is enough with your dad specifically that you can reminisce about the person. You might want to say things like, remember that time you brought your mom uh, flowers for her birthday or something. Now, this was a special person because she seemed to be the storyteller of the family. Oh, yes, she was the storyteller. My mom's side of the family is Blackfoot, Native American. And ah. Yeah, I, I never knew that really until I had reconnected with my cousin about three years ago, four years ago, after a long period of disconnect. My mom had told me about this, but she never had gotten into it with me and mm -hmm. told me exactly how close, how in lineage the Blackfoot was. And I was very excited to learn about it. And her grandmother had taught her how to be the storyteller. So she was, she told me, she was teaching me, she was training me. So I was getting some family stories and family knowledge that I didn't have that my mom never taught me and I and it was really cool talking to her about stuff and learning about my family that's such a beautiful story because we have lost that people are going to ancestry.com and stuff to to do their history but to see, have somebody actually in the family that is sharing those stories and written them down is beautiful I'm sure it was just a huge loss for you. It is. I spent a good time this weekend crying. Yeah. I'm taking this one a little rough, but that's okay because every loss. And it's going to be with me for a while. Her son, my cousin, is my age. We went to high school together, and I've been keeping tabs on him and his girlfriend. So I've been in touch with them. They leave a hole in our lives, in the fabric of our lives. And for us, we usually can go through a process of accepting the loss, learning to live with it, and finding a new normal. But for those with dementia, the loss can transform them. They aren't able to process, so it's impossible for them to grieve. And they may show periods of agitation and restlessness because they're frustrated. 
They may sense something's not right or something's missing. They may get confused, one loved one for another, as it sounds your dad did. And a recent memory, uh, a recent death can actually stimulate a memory of loss from their childhood even and can be stressful for a family member. So that's a, a, a challenge and helping them get through that while you're dealing with your own grief. I find I lost my mom 50 years ago, suddenly, and then I lost my son to suicide. It'll be 10 years this year. And I can tell you that grief comes in waves and it continues throughout your whole life, that loss. And deal with it. You have to let yourself feel that pain. You have to let yourself just on those bad days when you are feeling and missing that person so much, allow yourself to feel it because each time the the pain will get less. I, I know uh, having lost my um, son, I just say just 10 years out. <laughs> I'm still dealing with waves of terrible grief. And people have said to me, why aren't you over it? Really? That's one specific loss that I don't think, first of all, any mother should ever experience. And second of all, that I don't think you can ever get over. I like to say to people that you don't tend to get over certain losses or most losses. You just that you're right. It, it's different to live with yeah. them. And what I want people to know that if they have a family member with dementia, there are times when that person's going to, like your dad, he may not have had daily interaction with her, but he may ask, where is she or how is she doing? It's really a, a, a fine line you're walking because when I could be walking down the street and see someone that reminds me of Jeff. And there are times when that just makes me feel sad and cry. And I'm embarrassed and ashamed. Now, think about this. I'm 10 years post-suicide from my son. And it was a terrible loss. Think, and I'm still having moments of that. That's the way a person with dementia feels when they have no long-term memory. And they can really feel the pain and suffering as if they've heard it for the first time all over again. That, it's hard to deal with. There are times when you can't protect them from the truth, but there are times when if, if it's going to cause worry, agitation, when the person that they love and care for is gone and they realize that, then you need to make accommodations and be comforting to them in ways that you don't feel are always honest, but it might be better to distract them with things like get out pictures and tell stories. You've got your aunt who's, or your cousin who's left you with some important stories that maybe your dad knows, maybe he doesn't just to distract him to get his mind off it. You may have to just say, they're okay. They'll be back later. I know it's a little white lie, but sometimes it's better to just to distract them and comfort them than to cause them pain and anxiety because people that are in the in dementia 
are living in the moment for, for the most part. Yeah. They do. They, they're totally mindful. You know, like they're right, yes. right now. Yeah. Yes. So it's good to just be aware of their mood at the moment if, they're just, if they ask about the person. And if they're not aware and distressed, you don't need to bring up the reality of what has happened. Look for patterns in times when they ask about the person who died. Is there an unmet need? Maybe the person brought them coffee in the morning or they, they went out to lunch frequently or made frequent phone calls and now those things are gone. So you have to think of other distractions and ways to deal with helping them work on their grief or avoiding it. I think the challenge is going to be for you is finding support for your yourself as you go through this process. And I would re recommend that you're always good about reaching out. You have friends to reach out to. You have support groups that you belong to. And I hope that you'll do that, reach out to help you cope with the painful, the lonely and sad feelings that you may have. Because it'll help you to deal with dealing with your dad. Yeah, there's only a couple people that I discuss my father with as far as my friendship circles go, mainly because I'm a, I'm a fairly private person. The day that I found out, one of my girlfriends was on her way to the casino, and she decided to get dropped off here instead, out of the blue. So. I have some pretty groovy people around me who will be there if I need them. And I'm going to point out that a lot of caregivers don't because they feel isolated. And I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. <laughs> because it's just your life has been disrupted. You're not out there. I, I always say that relationships are like plants. You have to water them and give them attention and nurture them. And... When you're providing care 24 hours a day, seven days a week for somebody, and you are also a mom with a 14-year-old, you're challenged. And your, your outside relationships don't get the attention and the, the care and nurturing that they need to maintain them. So it's hard, and most caregivers don't. Right. The caregivers, us caregivers, we can nurture and love our people from inside the dome. Yeah. You can come here if yeah. you want. Floor is wide open. Come on in it. But this is where we are. Yeah. It's a, it's, exactly. Um, you know, one of the, th I, I, I think that's a really good point. And one of the other po points I want to make is everybody has a different grief style. Adult children, for example, can be very shocked that mom isn't devastated over a child's death or their husband's death and the, the family feels like they need to remind the person with dementia that person has died. So you really have to be careful not to project your own grief on the family member that has dementia. That's a hard one because you're walking a fine line here because you're hurting, you're in pain, and we have to deal with grief in our own way, as well as does the person with dementia. But their grief style is going to be so different from yours, depending on where they are in the d disease process. And, and I think that's challenging. It is. And 
you know what I've noticed too that is different for the person who passed away. He's lost a couple brothers and a sister the last several years, and he knows immediately that they're gone. And you can't hide that from him because he knows it's his brother that's gone. And yeah. so I had to get him. We, we had to go through the services and do all that stuff. And he reacted. I'm going to use the words in quotations appropriately. They we expect one word when they lost a brother. And it's different with this one. It's different with this loss. He's much more than he's already forgotten. Yeah. I think that it's important to acknowledge there's badness and validate how difficult it must be to hear this and to feel the news. Again, it lets, with Jeff, with my son, when he, he passed, I try to celebrate his life and think of silly things to do to remember him. Like, we would go into the ocean and swim. We went to Mexico together. God bless him. He treated me. <laughs> And so, this is silly, but I like to, on his birthday or on his the anniversary of his death, to just get into the ocean because that's something we shared together. And I just know a piece of him is in there somewhere. <laughs> and uh, it, it comforts me. Absolutely. And part of my spiritual, my personal belief is we come from the ocean, we return to the ocean. And that who doesn't like to get goofy in the water? It's perfect. Yes. And yes. It's perfect. But keep the childlike. There is nothing wrong with using humor either to help get through grief. Because, like you said, we all have our coping mechanisms, the way we cope with things. But if your patient with dementia is open to humor, that is the best way to try and steer things around because it puts them right back into a good fun-loving mood. That's a really good point that you're making uh, there because they do go with the, the mood of you and what you're projecting. If you can make a silly joke, if they're open to some more risque joke to keep whatever they're, wherever they are. And personally, my father is a jokester. He is a trickster. He will keep you going all day. So that's what we do. If he ever gets too anxious, if he ever gets too sad or the confusion is, I see is starting to really rattle him up, I just try to joke around and flip, flip it right around. And it works. I, I have to tell you that is so important. And uh, it's times like this when um, they're, that they're feeling anxious or they're feeling sad that even a funny movie, upbeat music, depending on what they like, will help. And, and stay away from news, stay away from one movie, stay away from things that would upset them or trigger them to cause them to feel anxious or sad. And that's something you have to take on a case-by-case -case basis. But there's nothing better than uh, making eye contact and touching their hand or their shoulder and just looking at them and smiling that you're there for them. A lot of times they feel like nobody is because if, if they're anxious or confused, they don't know. 
When you redirect their attention to something more positive, you're trying to give them time to grieve, but you want to lead them to a more positive moment. And that's where you need to be. And, and they do have more t difficulty refocusing at times, but you need to keep trying and helping to redirect their attention to something positive is a key to a good emotional life for them. And again, you need to be mindful and not project your pain and your sadness on them. And it's really hard. It's really hard when you're hurting yourself and you're feeling that pain. But I've learned that, and, and you and I have talked about this before, Alicia, you and I both know how to wear a mask to hide our, our pain, our suffering, and our depression. And so many caregivers do. They, they have the ability to hide their feelings. It, it's not good <laughs> for us, but we have to take care of ourselves, and that's when it's practicing self-care. It's practicing reaching out, getting support, grief support if you need it. Uh, now you can do telemedicine where you can get have talk to somebody, a grief counselor. I don't know if, uh, was this a sudden death or was, it in, she, was she on hospice? No, it was a very sudden death from an autopsy. Yeah, she had medical issues, but don't know. We don't know what happened. We just don't know. I'm so sorry to hear that. That just always makes me sad when we have loss. I have to tell you that people with dementia deal with loss and grief so much differently, and, and it's more of a challenge for the caregiver than uh, we've ever had to experience before because it's not normal. And I know many people have a hard time giving up the the idea that they have to tell somebody over and over again about the the death, and they have to remember that it's just repeatedly telling the person with dementia about a death can make a family member's grief more their grief more painful. So it's important that you learn to use clear words when you're talking, like saying they died instead of passed away or at peace now. I think that's important. Be very clear about what happened, but don't repeat it over and over again. Don't give too many details. You don't want to overwhelm them. And only answer questions as honestly as possible, but don't project that they need to know more than they really do because they're not capable of taking in that information and accepting it. That sounds now, are you taking him to the funeral service or anything? I don't know. I don't even know if I can get there. I, I, okay. And I don't have transportation. Okay. Because, you know, dealing with going to a funeral can make it more real for them. The rituals around death can be comforting for some people. But again, it's a time when you have to be careful that the person may become agitated during a service. So then you have to think about that. Again, it's dealing with you. I think that every family has to find what works with, for them. And then they need to try to be consistent as possible so that all the family members and the visitors of your family member with dementia, that you approach things in a simple but consistent way. You can just write a simple little plan of how you want to approach things and share it with others that are coming to visit are going to be talking to him. And then I encourage all family members 
especially the family caregiver, to find support and help themselves cope with all that, that they're dealing with because it's a stressful time for both of you. And stress increases cortisol and compromises our immune system. And not dealing with grief, pushing those feelings down, is like eventually one day Pandora's box opens and you, you can't stop. You just can't stop. I'm so sorry to hear about your cousin, and I know that you're being very challenged right now with your dad. I know that grief is overwhelming, and waves of grief come at us when we least expect it. And you, as well as many family caregivers out there, are being very challenged to deal with your grief in a very different way because you're grieving the loss of what your dad was, who he was, and seeing him decline as well as losing family members and then trying to support him as well. So on that note, I'm going to tell all my family caregivers out there, you are the most important part of the family caregiving situation. Please take care of yourself. Practice self-care. Be gentle with yourself because without you, it all falls apart and you're worth it. Thank you so much for sharing this story with us today. I'm very appreciative, and I know many out there that our uh, caregivers are going to benefit from hearing and, and your story and helping them to deal with dementia, grief, and their own grieving process. Thank you, Diane. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Elisa. Okay, bye.